Hello there, HCI listeners. Welcome to another episode of Nine to Thrive HR, a podcast for the most pressing issues facing talent management today, and a podcast that allows you to hear from experts and practitioners in the field of HR. I'm Holly Pennebaker, and I'll be your host for today. If you're listening on iTunes, please be sure to give us a rating. It helps other talent-minded people discover the program. For today's podcast, I'm joined by Mary Alicia Verdeckia. Mary Alicia is owner of Prospect Prosperity. The business is advising and assisting growing companies on talent acquisition strategies, website, and social media optimization to have talent pipelines available when necessary. Mary Alicia guides clients toward building their brand and recruitment marketing that creates a positive social media presence and attracts exceptional candidates with engagement that starts with your employee value proposition. You might remember Mary Alicia from her presentation for HCI back in April called Recruitment and Retention, Building Your Digital Presence, in which she shared knowledge of content marketing and how it's so vital to your brand and EVP. So welcome, Mary Alicia. We're glad to have you today. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Thank you. Acquiring the right talent is a focal point for HCI in 2017. In today's podcast, Mary Alicia will cover digital awareness and presence and how online communication impacts the interaction people have with each other. Relationships are so important in our professional lives, and communication is key in building our connections. When it comes to employee brand, communication can take talent acquisition to new heights. So at this time, we'll get into some questions with Mary Alicia. So first up, Mary Alicia, how about describing the direct impact that content marketing has on EVP, recruitment, and engagement? What a great question. When you look at content marketing's impact on your employer value proposition, also known as EVP, and recruiting engagement, um, you are looking at something that's crucial and necessary. We always tell people that um, recruiting isn't essential for marketing, but marketing is essential for recruitment. And with the importance of branding and brand recognition, every business wants to be that business that gets the job seekers to hunt them down instead of the other way around. When you look at organizations like Google, Microsoft, Nike, all of those companies have the access to the best and brightest talent. And many people are like, why? Well, because they have a brand recognition that stands out. So when you think about the social media user base and how it's grown in the past few years, even among the younger and older generations, it's easy to see how content marketing can reach at A-plus talent because you aren't just reaching out to those active candidates. You're also reaching out to the passive candidates and you're reaching out to the people that those businesses are influencing um, and are possibly brand ambassadors and that these influencers are people that respect and like those businesses. So when people think, wow, influencers? Yeah, we're talking about possibly 2 or 3% of your um, follower base. And why is it important? Well, the reason is that terrific candidates or your A-game talent are already on the lookout for you. 
before you're looking for them. If you have a business that doesn't have a very good brand recognition, your family, friends, possibly even fellow co-workers, if they know, are going to say, hey, why are you going there? I've heard nothing but bad things about that place, or they have a really high turnover. And you don't want to be that business that has that kind of talk behind it, right? And the candidate's route is they change their minds based on what they see on the internet and what they hear from family and friends. So it's very subjective. And it's really only been in about the last 10 years that companies are finally realizing how important it is for that marketing, content marketing, um, is to attract that talent and convert those prospects into candidates. And we'll get into that a little bit later about how little sometimes those prospects actually turn into candidates that eventually turn into um, employees. But when you are looking at that new war for talent, it's pretty fierce. They just released, I think in May, um, the 2017 Job Seeker Nation study. Um, and they were talking about how there's just so much focus on this robot apocalypse and that there's so much division in America and that it's so hard or so easy to get a job. But when you do look at it, those businesses that have great content marketing are not dealing with a lot of those issues. So customers want to seek out businesses that they trust. Job seekers want to work for businesses they trust. And if you can build that digital presence that gains the attention of the active and passive candidates, as well as their family members, then you will know that deliberately placing that content posts and engaging that content is going to build that awareness that helps give you that, uh, what I like to call, awesome brand and brings in those employees that are engaged and excited to work. Awesome. And so what would you say the first step would be that one should take to establish digital awareness and then increase digital presence? Well, to increase your digital awareness and to increase your digital presence, you do have to be flexible and open-minded. What worked yesterday almost literally is not going to work today and possibly not even tomorrow. If you do have that awesome brand um, and not a great way to translate that awesome brand into career pathways, you as a business are going to struggle to fill those positions that you need. Um, And your talent acquisitions pipeline is not going to be there. When you look at ROI, many people talk about return on investment. However, I like to call it return on influence. Um, And return on influence takes about two to three years from when you start (laughs) that digital presence to actually be successful. With about the first year getting your name out there, the second year is you're just starting to um, build your brand awesomeness. And then the third year is where you are going to actually see that uh, rise in data um, of the conversion of people that are actually coming to your site, that are actually converting into people that are making it to your career site, that are um, in turn finally making it to uh, eventually the people that are applying and being hired by your site. So that's the first thing. Um, And if you are one of those places that has that great band and great website, then you're ahead of the game because so few people are. And the conversion rate of career websites, um, visitors to applicants was about um, 
8.59 in 2016, and that was down from 11% in 2015. So traffic doesn't always equate to people that are applying. And those statistics are according to the um, JobVite recruiting funnel um, 2017 statistics. So chances are you are one of those businesses that's below the industry benchmark. And so what should you be doing? Uh, you should be prioritizing and improving your employer brand and optimizing your career website and your application process. So one of those ways is as technology. When you look at um, how can you improve your applicant tracking system, how can you improve your career website? And when I um, ask people about, you know, career website, what are the questions you're asking yourself? Um, how long does your application take to complete from start to submit? There are actually applicant tracking systems out there that can have a person um, apply within five to 10 minutes. And when I think about wow, how quick that is, that's amazing. And many of these places have, are just clicking to Facebook or LinkedIn and they're pulling the data from those other places. Two, can you eliminate the questions that you could ask in a phone screen to shorten the application process or the person's questions when they are applying? Um, and many people think, well, this is second nature and knowledge to me, but it's probably not to your candidate. So if they don't understand that employee value proposition of what it's, what's in it for them, then they may not likely apply to your positions. You also have to ask, can applicants search their open positions and apply on their phones? You would be surprised at how many businesses still do not have mobile-capable applications. And most people don't want to, most people do not have desktops anymore, and they're not going to apply at their workplace. So you are losing out on 70 to 80% of possible applicants just due to your application tracking system not having mobile. And then the final question I'd probably ask is, um, your career website and your visitors and your offers and your hires and your applications and your interviews, what does that timeline take? And can you actually put that on your website to detail it to them that what does that journey look like for them? Because most people don't want to wait three to four months anymore. And when people are calling them back two to three months later, many times they're like, what? I either already have a job or um, I'm sorry, I'm just not interested anymore. So when you're looking at that, can you improve your technology? And two, what can you do to improve your um, top to bottom funnel efficiency? And when I'm looking at that, we're looking at how can you improve your overall application candidate experience? Because if you can work on the candidate experience and making sure that they know what they need to apply, that they know what's needed, and can they do it online? Can they send you their transcripts electronically? Can they send you most of the documents um, without ever having to come in? And then again, that improving that um, technology is going to, in the end, encourage those applicants to apply. Um, and then on the other end, if, if they are able to go back to that website, I gave numerous ideas of how they could improve that digital awareness through um, creating websites and uh, posting and, you know, video conferencing and things like that. There are just so many ways. Excellent point. So let's talk a little bit more about online communication. How can it promote face-to-face -face interaction? Because at the same time, online communication kind of takes away from the need to meet in person. 
<laughs> I always love it. Well, many people say, well, the more I'm online, the less I see people in real life. However, what we're also seeing nowadays is that people that were unable to access family um previous uh, co-workers are now able to do that through this new technology. What do I mean by that? Um, previously, there were many of the older generation, baby boomers and the greatest generation that just did not like social media. They, you know, everybody is just a lot of uh, negative feelings and thoughts and ideas around social media. However, um, sometimes families aren't near that older generation and grandparents are realizing that they need to log on to social media to be able to interact with their um, children and their grandchildren and or even great-grandchildren to keep in touch. And as that population is rising of um, older generations joining social media, they're learning that it's not such a scary place. And they're actually finding that they're connected to other types of communities that they never had access before. So there are also even communities out there that are unable to to go outside the house and here they are able to communicate and be with other people on in the outside world through online communications well how does that translate to recruiting and talent acquisitions well these could be your brand influencers these could be your brand ambassadors people are reaching out through nonprofits or through businesses that are delivering food to them you know like King Supers or Albertsons that, you know, they wouldn't have access to before, they become loyal to those businesses and websites, places that are delivering to them like Amazon. They're now realizing, hey, you know, I like that. I like how that. And, well, hey, Johnny, grandson, that would be awesome. You want to work at Google? I support that. And these are just little things that as more people appreciate your product and what you do for them, you are actually reaching people that you otherwise wouldn't have, have reached. And On the other aspect, on the younger generation, we hear so much about how the younger generation uh, seem more entitled or they aren't getting out there, but they are. They are getting out there and they're getting to those interviews. They are able to get through video marketing, whereas a person previously couldn't afford to fly across country to go to an interview and you didn't have access to that top talent that was outside your community, now they're actually able to reset top talent, kind of do that pre-screen or initial interviews over video conferencing, and those people then uh, could end up leaving there. So let me give an example of that. Um, Parkview Medical Center, they are in a um, population of about 106,000 people in 2014. However, just in the past few years, that population has grown over 110,000 in just a little under three years. And one of the reasons is is that their new digital marketing is actually reaching out to these different states and uh, even internationally where people would have never known about Pueblo, Colorado. Now they are, and they're able to um, get those people initial interviews and and talking with them over the phone that never would have even known about that place. Um, And that's where the first steps of your building your organization are. And 
It can even provide that face-to-face interaction through video conferencing, through Skype, and it doesn't always eliminate that um, meeting. It doesn't eliminate the uh, meeting in person, but it can eliminate that need to meet in person, yet still move forward with your interviewing processes. All right, great. And I know that you're a huge advocate of content marketing. So if content marketing can take a brand to the next level, in what ways can it do so for talent acquisition and EVP? Well, like I said, Lily, if you have that awesome brand and that awesome career website, then you are going to get the people to come to you. Most um, people know about your organization before you even know that you need a candidate for that position. Um, And when you are looking at uh, your candidate experience, anything you do today is going to affect your brand two to three years down the road. And I think sometimes businesses don't think strategically enough. So everything you're, you're posting today, as we know, you know, the media could be used tomorrow to either benefit you or be held against you. <laughs> and uh, that's been a different podcast about putting out fires. But we saw how popular even Uber was um, last year. And then this year, they've gotten some negative press. And now when I've seen um, a lot of talk on social media, oh, you don't want to go for Uber because they're going through some struggles. So everything that you post or don't post, could affect how people see you. So then how can you take it to uh, the next level? And in what ways is it going to do? I'm not going to go into the aspects of um, how you do it, but if you're talking about taking it to the next level and what does success look like, I always tell people that when you're looking at success, obviously it's almost always data-driven, right? But sometimes with social media, it's not always so easy to just put numbers and see numbers because your website traffic could be going up, but your sales be going down because anybody can get followers, but if the followers aren't engaged, they can slip away and leave and you still have those followers, quote unquote, your likes and follows, but your engagement is down so people aren't buying your product. And if people aren't buying your product, your your name isn't out there as a, a great place to work. So what are people looking for? They're looking for transparency and authenticity. And when you take your brand to the next level, that people are going to feel that they have that sense of security that's going to lead to trust, which will lead to loyalty. And 90% of people and that's also job seekers, want transparency. They don't want perfection. They just want to know that the companies are like them and they're not um, too good for them. Another thing is, uh, or, or that they're, they're being honest and ethical. That's another thing too. And providing better cultural fits, thus leading to better retention and engagement. So often we get caught up in that we need to have good cultural fits. We need something that will fit into our organization. And then we get wrapped up about kind of hiring the same person all the time. Well, that isn't going to lead to a robust and diverse workforce. And so one way to change that is changing your mindset of looking for a good cultural fit to looking for a good cultural ad. What can we do to add to our team instead of just somebody 
fitting in with our team? What can we do for somebody that's going to help take us to that next level? And when you have somebody, and when the more you put on your career website about what you are, what you're about, what your um, culture is like, what your mission, vision, and values are, it's going, yes, you may be getting less candidates that are applying, but you're getting less of those candidates applying that aren't going to be retained, that aren't going to come in engaged. Because if your uh, culture and your mission and vision and values do not speak to them, then you don't want that person anyways. So when you talk about taking your brand to the next level, what are you doing to let your culture be known that people are going to want to come to your organization and know that they're going to fit in? Um, positive results, you're going to have to share with your stakeholders. You're going to have that rich content that attracts qualified candidates that reach out to you uh, and are hopefully hired. Um, and even then, if they aren't hired, like either by you or by their choice, if you give them a great positive experience, that is going to be a brand that continues and the person's like, oh, although I didn't go work there, that's still a pretty awesome place, and they still treated me with respect even though I didn't go there. When you're looking at publishable content that is shared and downloaded more, that's helping build that trust and authenticity and getting your name and word out there and also getting to those brand ambassadors as well as the um, future job seekers and building your talent pipeline. And you're also going to see more positive than negative company reviews on your sites, uh, on your Facebook, on your Glassdoor, on Indeed. And that's also going to help build your brand uh, because people are very subjective. And if they don't know somebody that knows about your company, they're going to go online to do the research. And then that positive versus negative um, reviews online are going to help engage them to seek you out. So um, bottom line, what can um, getting great content do to take you to the next level? It's going to bring you more subscribers. It's going to bring you more engaged followers, more engaged fans. It's going to increase your members. It's going to increase your talent pipelines, your forums, your communities, and it's going to increase your influencers. Like trust, they help us grow our brand. So you are building your organized reach. You're building your reliable reach, which is not about reaching the audience, but the right audience. And you're going to build your brand advocates, which are your buyers. And you're going to build your brand ambassadors, which are your employees. So I believe that uh, if your employer value proposition is supported by your content, it's going to spread the word about how wonderful you want to work for. And whenever you think about your brand, think about your employees, and your brand is nothing without them. And they can either hinder or they can help you. So which do you want them to do, and who do you want them to put first? So if you want them to put you first, you need to put them first always pick the employee. And that is going to help take your brand to the next level and build your talent acquisitions pipeline. What a great insight, Mary Alicia. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and for sharing your expertise with our audience. I really appreciate being invited to do so. Thank you so much, HCI. And as always, we thank our HCI listeners for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to today's podcast if you enjoyed the discussion. You can find HCI on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on the YouTube channel, HCI Talent. 
So for Nine to Thrive and all of us here at HCI, thank you so much for joining us.